Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. Well, it's been the first week of school for many of you, for many of your households, and I I was looking at every social media post this week because it's always super fun to see those first day of school photos. So if you want to pop up, I I asked to borrow some this morning. So we have everybody from going to kindergarten to college. So I made sure we have a kindergartner and a second grader, a first grader hopping on that bus. And then the college photo is from uh, Matt and Kelly's family from a couple years ago. But just to show all of these moments, it doesn't matter how old your kids are. When you're sending them off, it feels a mix of emotions. There's a lot going on. And and I want to shout out to some teachers too. We have amazing teachers in our congregation. Here's a couple of them that let me share their photos as they teach from high school to college. I know we have all kinds of teachers. We have elementary, junior high. We're praying for you because the fact that you care for children who are not your own and pour into their lives, that means so much to all of us. But anytime we, we care about kids on every level, and we watch them step into something new. It's, there's, there's fear, there's excitement, and there's also, you just have hope. Because you're sending them out, whether they're on their first play date, or on their first week of camp, or on their first day of school, and you're wondering, what will they do when they're not within your presence? You know, how will they be? Will they live out all the things that you taught them? Will they be the light that you know they can be in the world? You just have all of these wonderings. And it's an act of faith to send kids out. And it makes me feel like, is that, is that how Jesus felt? When he was at the end of his time on earth and he had gone to the cross, but then he rose again and he just had a few weeks more before he headed back to heaven permanently, and he, he had this little group of people, and he gave them an assignment. He gave them encouragement, and then he said, you're going to go out, and did he have the parental feeling in that moment to think, what are they going to do? How are they going to live this out? They're not going to be perfect at it, and does Jesus still look at us today as we step out when we're brave or when we're hesitant Does he still feel all those mix of emotions to watch us try something new in our faith? We're going to be in Matthew 28 today, and we're going to talk about this idea of sending out, because Jesus sent out people then, he's still sending out people today. And we're going to talk about what that means. We're in a mini-series starting today called Echolocation, Where are we in our church? What are we doing? Why do we care about our community? How do we live that out? I want to spend a few weeks just talking about what we feel called to our community, to our city, Cincinnati here. And so we're going to go through some values of ours. We're going to read through some scriptures that try to shape our goals and our focus as a church. Now, Matthew 28, let's read there, and then we'll dive in. 
Oh, I meant to say, at the beginning of the summer, Steve kind of talked about what is a church? What does it mean in general to be a church and follow after Jesus? And so now that's why we're zooming in on us specifically. And if you don't know, we have some values listed on the front of our homepage. We've got commission, connectivity, and creativity. And what grounds them all is the fact that we are living here in a specific context of Cincinnati. And so today we're going to talk about commission. Now, in Matthew 28, there is a famous passage that if you look up in Scripture, and probably no matter what version you look in, there's a heading, and it's called the Great Commission. And now, Funny fact, the word commission isn't in any of the verses themselves, but somehow the editors, that's what they have called this section of scripture, and we're going to figure out why. So let's read the verses together and dig into this concept this morning. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated to them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So our location here in Cincinnati, it matters as we dig into this scripture because probably we have recognized that in our city, I would maybe say there's a vibe of intellectual skepticism. Is that a good way to describe it? You know, we're always thinking about things. We don't take things for face value. We're questioning the things that we receive. And so I feel like we might have all heard of the Great Commission before, but maybe you have some feelings about it. Maybe there's some negativity because maybe you think of the images of people standing outside of events. If you've gone to sporting events, um, somebody told me it was at the Taylor Swift concert, there's people holding signs, yelling in bullhorns, and they're, they're screaming about hell. And maybe that's like, that's not the commission that I know. That's not what we're talking about today. Maybe you read through history and you think of all the different ways that people have gone into the world And they have claimed the name of God and yet done horrible atrocities. That's not the commission of Jesus we're talking about. Fearing these things, we might have a tendency to swing the other way and just be real quiet. But that's not really the goal of Jesus either. So let's look at commission in a new angle. So when we look at the word commission, break it down, co-mission, Co is a prefix that means being together, doing things with someone. Mission is a purpose, a calling. In Jesus' words that we just read, he laid out that God had an ultimate plan. But the way he was going to speak about this salvation was together with humans. Flawed human beings. But as we've read all throughout this year, when we were reading through the book of Exodus together, God has always partnered with people. He connected with Moses, he, and he spoke through Moses and Aaron. Jesus said, I want to speak through you, and he says it to his disciples. God, his ultimate plan is to move through people, co, co-mission. We're together. When he always says, but you, the Spirit, 
My spirit will be with you, giving you wisdom, giving you strength. We're in this mission together. So Jesus and people are fulfilling a purpose together. The commission is the same throughout time. The same as we just read, Jesus standing on a mountaintop with 11 people. And yet somehow they were supposed to emulate Jesus. They were supposed to demonstrate how to live like him. And that commission has been handed down. Because those 11 were supposed to speak to others. And then somehow, I'm guessing it's worked out because we're here today and we know about Jesus. Because every generation has been handed down this commission to share Jesus in the world. And how that looked back then and how it looks now, obviously, very different. Our lives are different. Technology. And we have, we have opportunities in independence where Jesus' followers were living under Roman rule in ancient Israel. And so it makes it tricky. So we, we open up scripture and we try to say, our culture is different from Jesus' culture, so what does that look like for us? When you read all of the New Testament letters, each of those is in a different context. And it's interesting to see how it's lived out in each of those areas of the country. How were they living out this idea to go and spread Jesus to all the nations? And so seeing their example, we can take that as a model to figure out how do we, in our context, Cincinnati, Ohio, in 2023, how do we live this out? I was very excited that Gary and Amanda shared with us this morning because they're living out commission. They're going. They're going to another nation, and they're living out this teaching of Jesus in another context. And to me, that's always what I always thought of commission, because mission, missionaries, commission, all that same base word, right? But theirs isn't the only way. And I love how they were talking about their idea is to send out people and not just out. What if they just send them back home with more knowledge, with more wisdom, with more guidance in order to share Jesus in their own home context? And so that, that is what all of us, that's what we are going to consider this morning. Because when I listen to Gary and Amanda, or we're talking to our Polish missionary friends who visited us last week, um, it can be a little intimidating because I'm thinking, I don't, I'm not doing that. I'm not going into another nation. I'm right here. But maybe you're looking and you're like, but you're up here talking to me, and that, my life looks different from yours. And yet we're all called to live out a commission. So what does that look like? Well, let's begin with, we all have the same commission but we live it out differently. So Cincinnati, it's a unique place to live. We've got west side versus east side culture. We've got underdog sports teams. And we've got that special question, if you grew up in Cincinnati, that you might ask one another. And that is, what high school did you go to? It's a strange question for outsiders to be like, why are you asking this question? Well, it's because Knowing that about a person gives them context for like how they were raised, a bit of an idea of maybe what culture you were really in in Cincinnati. And for me, I moved here 25 years ago, so I'm starting to speak the language. I've lived in four different communities in this region, and now I'm getting it. I'm getting why they asked that question. So for me, and if you've moved here with me, we can just ask, what community do you live in? What neighborhood? Because I think that also speaks volumes. Because if you 
have visited, and I hope you do, go out of your comfort zone and visit some of these other. If you're on the east side or the west side, swap. You might get lost, but find your way back out and visit some of these other communities because every single one has a different version of Cincinnati. If you ask each person in each neighborhood, what does Cincinnati mean to you? I bet they have something just a little bit different. Who their neighbors are, what that looks like in their community. But the same can be said of where you work and who you meet on a daily basis. It shapes how you view this city and probably how you view the world. Thank you, Steve, for these photos of the different perspectives of Cincinnati here. And so all of these actually shape our mission field. Every single person in here has a slightly different mission field because of where you are on a daily basis and who you come into contact with. Who you meet and who I know are different. But yet God gives us that same mission of live like Jesus where you are. Now the other thing that shapes it is we have different personality traits, different skill sets. You might be a person that likes deep conversation, thoughtful counterpoints. I'm aiming down here at Rob because he's, he's over my head. He talks deeply and I love it and I'm also intimidated by it, but you've got that skill, all right? Some of us, you can show up. You show up in people's lives and when they call on you, you're like, I'll come to dinner with you. I'll come to an appointment with you. I'll come to the graveside with you. Maybe your presence is your skill. And others of us are just serving. You're out there doing the work. You're in the community. You show up at community events. You organize those events. And that, that's why we kept talking about service this summer. And we're still going to keep reminding ourselves to serve. Because when you're acting out there and people know that you also love Jesus, then hopefully they're grasping that your motivation isn't just doing good deeds, but has a deeper-seated inspiration within, that you're doing what you do because of Jesus. And so it might sound intimidating to say you have a commission and that you're supposed to go out there and share Jesus. And it just means like share your story. And because Jesus is part of your story, he's going to show up. It's, it can be very simple. It sounds intimidating, but yet Jesus just said, imitate me. Conversations will happen. And God will take the small things that we do and magnify it, right? If he could take 11 disciples and somehow spread it many, many years later, then God takes our efforts and he magnifies it. So whatever our mix of personality, wherever our location on the map, whoever God places in our life, let's look at commission again. Let's look and break down the scripture and consider what that means in modern terms. Go and make disciples of all the nations. What's that mean? Disciples, we don't often use that word in our daily life. It means a learner, a person who was learning from Jesus, wanting to follow after him. And so, you know, if you find Jesus' teachings and his willingness to sacrifice himself, if, he, if something that Jesus has done has made a difference and comfort in your life, then it's just about sharing that with somebody else. Just letting people know so that they can also have comfort and joy, and they can in, have inspiration and challenge. Jesus said he would be with the disciples always as they did this. He sent his spirit into the world so that we could, be, could have that wisdom and that strength right with us as we share Jesus. So hopefully 
when we can find ways to communicate in those words or those actions, that is a beauty in the world we wouldn't have on our own. Jesus brings that to us. We want to share that with others. And where it says all nations, we might not all be going and moving to another country, but think about all the different nations, all the different people who come into your life, whether you're speaking with people online, whether people are moving in, whether you are visiting other places. There's people in our lives who don't look like us, who don't talk like us, who don't think like us. Our goal in this, when I see all the nations, it's just a reminder to be like, I want, I need to have the idea that I want redemption for everyone. That the same thing I want for my life, that I need to want it for others. And that's hard, because when you first meet people, you may not always want that for everyone, and yet Jesus says, want that. Want redemption for everyone, everyone that you come in contact with. Part two of Jesus' words to the disciples was, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This was new. This was, this was a new thing to include God and also the Son, Jesus, include him and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was opening up new window of not just following God, but Jesus said, speak of me specifically. And baptizing was a thing that you can read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that Jesus was baptized. And we do that too. We do that too. Baptism is this beautiful ceremony to say, all that internal commitment I'm making, I'm going through this, this beautiful picture of getting baptized and letting others know that I have made this internal commitment with Jesus, trusting that Jesus died and rose for humanity, including me, trusting that Jesus frees us from sins done to us and sins that we commit. And so here we have it. This is an example of this, this uh, trough, as we call it. It's a, it's a portable baptistry. It's in my basement down the street. So whenever we need it, we just bring it on up, fill it with water, and there we go. Or we can go to any body of water. There's some, there's some interesting places I've seen baptisms. Uh, in Eden Park, in the fountain. Saw it happen one time. Check cleanliness first, how often they clean that out. But anywhere there's water, there's this beautiful ceremony. And if you like to know more when you share with your friends, if it's something that you've never experienced yourself, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Now, the third aspect that Jesus spoke to, he said, teach them to follow all that I commanded you. Now, think about some amazing things that Jesus taught. He said, serve others, especially as you're leading them. Jesus taught that meekness, peacemaking, and mercy were all qualities that God cares about in his kingdom. Jesus commanded people to love one another, even their enemies. Jesus taught about prayer and fasting and loving God more than money. Jesus said, go and be light in the world. These, were, these are life-changing concepts, but also very countercultural to Jesus' day. He lived them all out, and people thought, very strangely about him. He was doing something very different and attention getting in his day. And it's also can be countercultural to our day as well. But think about how the world is, will be different if we actually lived all of these out. And that's our goal. 
So commission involves sharing, it involves inviting people to join the team, and it involves living out those concepts that Jesus lived. Okay, so we've broken down the scripture. We've talked about that we all can serve differently. It still might feel, you still might feel not as equipped as you want to. When you think about, I'm a believer in Jesus. I'm supposed to go live this, have this commission. It can still feel like a lot. Here's what I find encouraging. Who does Jesus commission in this scripture? Imperfect people. Think of who was standing on the mountainside. If we think that there was 11 of Jesus' followers who were hanging out there with them, let's mention a few that we've talked about in our studies here at Echo. James and John, we talked about them just a few weeks ago. Remember, they had an attempt at a power grab. They were like, how can we get all the glory in your kingdom? When you go, we'd love to sit on your right and your left. We're right there with you, Jesus. They were asking for special positions. And Jesus had to teach them about serving rather than personal glory. Another person standing there was Peter. He was always act first, think later. At this moment, he had just recently chopped off a guy's ear who tried to arrest Jesus. Jesus healed him. He also decided to panic and pretend that he didn't even know Jesus right before Jesus went to the cross. And Jesus forgave him. So here is a guy who, he's, he's not perfect, right? We're going to see that. And finally, it tells us in the scripture that some were doubtful. Maybe you've heard of Thomas famously doubting Jesus, but it says some. Some were doubtful. Some who physically saw Jesus die, physically are now seeing him raised again, and they're still doubting. They're still wondering what is going on here. It's kind of encouraging to feel like if they could see it and still struggle, then when we have our own struggles, it's okay. Give ourselves some grace. So here we have all of these people, and what do you think it means to have people who desire power and glory, people who say and do the wrong thing on the first try, people who struggle with doubt, and yet Jesus said, you're on mission with me. He didn't, he didn't wait for them to fix themselves. He said, we're going. This is who we are together. And so every time then they were commissioned, they were supposed to teach, they were supposed to go and repeat things that Jesus taught. What do you think that did for their lives? For James and John to like check their ego every time they had to speak, right? For Peter to finally get a chance to make up every time. Do you think every time he taught, he thought, I do love Jesus. I just, did he think back to that time where he said he didn't even know him? He had opportunity after opportunity to make up for it. And for those who doubted, Jesus is like, go ahead and start teaching and as they taught, they would process. Surely they processed their faith and who Jesus was and what he really meant to them as they spoke to other people. That happens to me every week. I, if I'm going to share this word with you all, I have to deal with it myself. The weeks before are very interesting. I, I cannot tell you the many times where I'm like, well, I guess I had to learn that this week before I could share it. Jesus, when we are willing to speak on his behalf, he does something inside of us. So part of our commission is that we are allowing Jesus to continue to transform who we are. That we're saying yes 
to not only speaking on his behalf, but saying, continue to speak to us. Continue to transform who I am. Because like when we watch those kids go off to school, and you have hope. You have hope that things are going well, that they're growing. You know where they are. You know that they're going to grow in all their experiences. But they're not going to be perfect. They're going to come back and tell you about their good days and their bad days. And they're going to know you're there to listen. Jesus is sending people out. He's saying, you're not perfect, but we're going to go together. We're going to journey, we're going to share, and we're going to be transformed. Because Jesus sees who we can become. Jesus knows we can all grow. We all need to grow. So he takes us with him. And part of that commission is learning from Jesus as we speak on his behalf. It involves self-assessment which is scary and frankly awful. I don't want to look within. I don't want to pay attention to the things that I've messed up this week and the many people I need to apologize to in my own household daily. It's hard to know the things that I still have to work on, and yet that is what we're called to do as well. That's what speaking on his behalf and sharing his love, it it comes back to us as well. So growth never stops. As we're on this mission, our own growth matters as we care about others. So let's not miss this as we close. That This commission, let's not look at it as like a work assignment, but as Jesus entrusting us. Jesus began with that handful of people. And it was a risky plan. God was like giving these like, they were like young and, goofy at times and flawed yet caring. Uh, And he just said, it's your turn. That seems pretty risky. And yet God took their actions and he made more of it. And that's what he'll do for us. It's not just this, this thing hovering that like this is an assignment, but it is an entrusting that God says, how do the next generation hear? It's going to be through us. It's our turn. And yet something so amazing and so precious and so perfect, he hands it to us. We get to be on mission with God. The nice thing is, don't forget, it's a co-mission. Jesus says he'll be with us, and we're with each other. So when we come together as Echo, the reason why this is listed on our homepage is to remind us that we're on a mission together, that we're joining as a family, as a body of Christ, and saying, our idea is to try to make Cincinnati look a little bit more like Jesus, to share God's love with the people in our lives, in our neighborhoods. So as we're here, Just know that you're joining. You're joining a commission here in Cincinnati and here with one another. We get to live like Jesus. We get to be entrusted together to live out his name. I'm going to close in prayer if you pray with me. God, thank you so much that your words so many centuries ago, still call us, still call out to us. Lord, we're, it's intimidating to serve you and to speak on your behalf, and yet you entrust this to us. So thank you. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you for drawing us together. 
here at ECHO, here in our context, here in our city. Help us to look like you as we move in this world. Multiply our small efforts. Cover over our mistakes, Lord, and keep, keep showing us how we can grow and look more like you every day. We come before you now and we say thank you. Thank you for modeling for us. Thank you for serving us through your life. Amen. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.